What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast, episode number 18. Today, we're going to be talking about a variety of different items. LeBron James and the Lakers are in deep trouble. Deep trouble. The smack heard around the world. Was it real or was it fake? And when you talk about your own sports teams, do you say we or do you say they? Let's talk about it. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. My name is Ryan, and uh, we got a lot to cover. We got a lot to cover. Before we get into any sports, we will touch on this, I'm sure, throughout the year. I'm sure for the end of, until the end of time, the smack, (laughs) the smack heard around the world last night at the Oscars, Will Smith Smacked the ever-loving shit out of Chris Rock for Chris Rock making a joke about Will Smith's wife, Jada. I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of it. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's saying it's crazy and Will Smith assaulted him and Will Smith's way out of line and yada, 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 yada. A lot of takes, a lot of opinions, a lot of people going back and forth. When I look at the footage... I don't know if it's real or if it's fake. I don't know. It certainly seemed real, right? But was it? The footage shows Will Smith walking up to Chris Rock. And in the slow motion, you can sort of see Chris Rock started to lean, kind of like lean, wince, close his eyes, prepare for the blow. Did he know it was coming? Additionally, in the slow motion footage, Will Smith smacks Chris Rock. As he walks away, he's kind of, he's got a little grimace on his face, kind of smiling. I don't know. Didn't seem like he was in the smiling mood once he sat down, because when he sat down, obviously he was screaming at Chris Rock. Keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Right? I mean, he seemed upset. And maybe it was totally, totally real, because later on, Will Smith wins an award, and he's super emotional, and maybe he was just going through some shit. Maybe he's got stuff going on at home. Maybe, you know, it struck a nerve. And with everything going on in his relationship with his wife, Jada, how they've openly discussed how they've had some 
other intimate relationships with outside people. I don't know. It seems like Will Smith might be a little bit self-conscious about that. So, uh, not even self-conscious, like straight up insecure. So when somebody jokes about his wife, he might, it might strike an extra chord that normal jokes wouldn't, where he runs up and decides to take it into his own hands and just smack, smack Chris Rock. But if it's not real, I mean, what an unbelievable job of acting and what an unbelievable job by the producers or the two of them or whoever was in charge of creating that moment because it has generated some of the most unbelievable levels of hype that I've ever seen from any sort of award show. I mean, this is right up there with Kanye taking the mic from Taylor Swift. It's right there. It may even be bigger if it's real. But I don't know. I think it's unbelievable if it is real and not like literally unbelievable like I don't believe it. I if for some I guess we'll we'll never know is the thing. We will never ever ever know if it's real or if it's fake. And maybe that's the beauty of it is everybody will be speculating for the end of time. Everybody will be speculating about if this is real or fake until the end of history as we know it. And I kind of like that. I think that's pretty cool. So interesting night. And I just happened to be like we were out of the house on our way back home, sat down on the couch and flipped it on with probably what I was assuming, according to at least the programming, like 30 minutes left. 45 minutes left of the show and I checked Twitter and I mean I must have missed it by by two minutes because as soon as I turned it on opened up Twitter on my phone everyone's like wait a second what the fuck just happened then I think it didn't necessarily hit it didn't strike a nerve with people people were like well that could have been fake I don't know and then the ABC broadcast blurt it it went silent when Will Smith was freaking the fuck out. So nobody actually heard that initially. They kind of, you could see that Will Smith was yelling, but you didn't know what he was yelling about. And Chris Rock seemed a little bit rattled, but again, it could, it seemed like it totally could have been a skit because even afterwards, Chris Rock was like, um, you know, right when it happened, boom, Chris Rock had smacked. Will Smith just smacked the shit out of me. And <laughs> the audience kind of laughed because people were like, um, okay, okay. Like, yeah, that's funny. You know, because at that point, it's like, that has to be a skit. Has to be a skit. There's no fucking way. And then he's like, keep my wife's fucking name, my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And he's like, I'm going to. <laughs> Which I think is probably the funniest <laughs> I think that's probably the funniest part of the entire thing is <laughs> I think the funniest part of the entire sequence between Chris Rock and Will Smith is after he screams, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. The second time Chris, Chris Rock <laughs> comes back with, I'm going to like, holy shit, dude, I'm going to fucking calm down. It's a joke, right? I mean, credit to Will Smith for sticking up for his wife, obviously, right? You're going to stick up for her. When you watch the footage back and you see when Chris Rock initially tells the joke, 
Jada did not like it. Her face was very like uh dismissive and just like she just looked not happy. So when Will sees that, he takes it upon himself. But there's so many different ways that you could handle that. I mean, it, it, honestly, if anything, he could have walked up on the stage and just leaned over and, and in his ear been like, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth in his ear. And Chris probably would have been like, I'm, I'm sorry. Or after the segment, gone up to him and been like, I'm sorry. Because at that point, it was pretty apparent that Jada didn't like it. So, and he, he, Chris Rock knew that too, because he's like, he told the joke, he saw Jada's face and then he immediately he's like, oh, come on. I'm just kidding. It's just a joke. It's a GI Jane joke. The movie about GI, you know, joke about the movie GI Jane where a girl had to buzz her hair and Jada's got some hair loss issues and she's battling some alopecia stuff. So it's like, I mean, it was a joke. I could see how. It could maybe rub somebody the wrong way, especially people that are dealing with it firsthand. But I feel like a lot of guys have said a lot worse and not faced any repercussions. So if it was real, man, it's like credit to Will for sticking up for, but but like shame on him for handling it that way because it's not the answer. It's never going to be the answer. And listen, I'd I'd smack the shit out of somebody too if they were talking about, you know, my significant other. But like after I said something about it, like if, if it was the first time thing or it was just a joke or whatever, I'd be like, all right, uh, okay, like, okay, haha, she didn't like it, man. Let's just fucking stop. And then if they keep going, if they keep going, they hit the same joke over again, yada yada yada. Then it's like, dude, if you don't fucking stop, I'll make you stop. And that's when like eighth you know seventh time you decide to take it make it physical but physical altercation is usually just never the answer and just doesn't need to happen especially on national television in front of everybody i mean that was unbelievable if it was real unbelievable but i don't know i don't know if it was real or not it's hard to tell um but yeah that was the slap i mean the slap heard around the world i think I mean, it was everywhere, everywhere, all over social media, still is. The memes are fucking hilarious. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. I think it's so fucking funny. I really do. Because people are so, man, people are so quick to take the the moment and the opportunity to make these memes. I mean, <laughs> every time... Every time, like, Big Cat on Twitter sends out a tweet or. Let me see. There was a really funny one I saw. He sent a tweet. Uh... Oh, well, shit. I didn't actually see this, but 23 minutes ago, Will Smith posted on his Instagram. And said, violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. My behavior at last night's Academy Awards was unacceptable and inexcusable. Jokes at my expense are part of the job, but a joke about Jada's medical condition was too much for me to bear, and I reacted emotionally. I would like to publicly apologize to you, Chris. I was out of line, and I was wrong. I'm embarrassed, and my actions were not indicative of the man I want to be. 
There's no place for violence in a world of love and kindness. I would also like to apologize to the Academy, the producers of the show, all the attendees, and everyone watching around the world. I would like to apologize to the Williams family and my King Richard family. I deeply regret that my behavior has stained what has been otherwise an otherwise gorgeous journey for all of us. I'm a work in progress. Sincerely, Will. So... I think that confirms that it's real. But that's exactly what they want you to think if they wanted you to think it was real. So maybe Will's going through some shit, man. Maybe not. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's sketchy. It's sketchy. Nevertheless, great moment. I mean, viral as they come. Electric elite moment. I mean, just unbelievable that that's actually... I mean, again, if it's fake, it's fake. But it's not fake. I don't think... I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. We don't have to talk about it anymore, but I just, it's unbelievable. Either way, it's fucking hilarious. So, um, moving on to the actual sports segment of the podcast and another fellow uh, actor and award-winning uh, contributor to the art community, LeBron James. The LA Lakers are in deep trouble. Deep, deep trouble. As of today, March 28th, the LA Lakers have eight basketball games remaining in the regular season. The Lakers are in the 10th seed. The Lakers are the 10th seed in the Western Conference at 31 and 43. (laughs) Brutal, brutal record. They're also one game one game above the San Antonio Spurs in the 11th spot. One game. Well, okay. They could very easily just, you know, go 7 and 3. They could easily go 7 and 3. They can go 6 and 4 over the next 10 games and they'll be in the postseason in the play-in, but in the postseason, right? Ah ah ah. Ah ah ah. Here's the Lakers' remaining schedule for the next eight games. They play at Dallas, at Utah, home home against New Orleans, home against the Nuggets, at Phoenix, at Golden State, home against the Thunder, and at Denver. Looking at that schedule, loss to the Mavs, loss to the Jazz, who knows with the Pelicans? They just lost to the Pelicans, so I'm going to go loss. Lost to the Nuggets, lost to the Suns, lost to the Warriors. So that's seven losses, six losses. They'll beat the Thunder. And let's just give them the benefit of the doubt and say they win the last game of the season. I mean, realistically, over the next eight games, they have to go five and three, four and four. But they're going to lose to the Jazz for sure. They're going to lose to the Suns for sure. They're going to lose to the Warriors for sure. So that's three losses. They're in Dallas in their next game. That's going to be four losses. 
and they play the Nuggets twice, and they're going to lose at least once to the Nuggets. So that's five of their next eight games that are probably going to be losses. Probably. We don't know for sure, but probably. The Spurs, on the other hand, play the Rockets, Grizzlies, Blazers, Blazers, Nuggets, Timberwolves, Warriors, Mavericks. So they're probably going to lose to Mavericks, Warriors, one to the Blazers, and John Morant's out. I mean, they, they'll beat the Rockets. They'll beat the Grizzlies. I, I mean, I don't fucking know, man. The NBA is so, the NBA is so, so, so random. I mean, so random. Like, it is so fucking random. It's, I can't even express to you how random it is. That being said, I don't know, man. How much of a catastrophic failure would it be if the Lakers didn't make the postseason this year? Because they're not going to. The Lakers are not going to make the playoffs this season. And that is as bad as it gets in the NBA. LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, I know Anthony Davis was hurt and injuries are part of the game. But just the two of those guys alone, LeBron and Russell Westbrook, should be enough to get a team into the play-in. Into the play-in? I mean, fuck me. That's bad. That's really bad. I mean, LeBron James being on a basketball team. 31 and 43 is their record. That hurts. Bad. Bad. And not only, by the way, are the Lakers struggling on the court, it appears there might be a little bit of a uh, friendly non-impactful investigation scandal going on. Nothing serious uh, with the Lakers social media because kid named Kenny Beecham on Twitter came out with a a full-length minute 19 video where he did an investigation on the Lakers social media account because the Lakers have lost 43 games this year and When an NBA team loses, they have to post on Twitter the final score of the game. It's usually including some sort of graphic of some kind. And this kid noticed that last time the Lakers posted, last time the Lakers posted a loss, they put uh, Malik Monk on there. And he saw a quote from somebody else that said, told you guys, LeBron's never on the, the graphic for the loss. And the kid was like, wait a second. Hold on. No fucking way. Actually? Or is this guy just a LeBron troll? This guy has to just be Le- trolling LeBron. Sure as shit. Sure as f- all fuck, dude. The kid went back through every graphic that the Lakers have posted after a loss that's featured the final score and a picture of a player on the team. Not one has featured LeBron James. Not one. One. Hmm. On top of that, not one has featured 
Let me make sure I get this right. Let me make sure I get this right. I think if we're going to listen to this. Big Monk has been used 10 out of Davis and Russell Westbrook have not been used on a losing graphic yet. And I wow. So. I'm sure you guys probably heard that in the, in the podcast if you're listening. But not only has LeBron James not been featured on the graphics that post the losing final score, neither has Russell Westbrook and neither has Anthony Davis. I know this doesn't mean anything, and most people are looking into it probably a little bit too much. Because LeBron has been LeBron has been the best player on the team by far this year, right? So why would you put him on a loss graphic? But why wouldn't you at least put him on one graphic with the loss? And why has Malik Monk been on 10, 10 loss graphics this year? Basically a quarter of the time. Malik Monk has been featured on a lot. What, what the fuck do they have against Malik Monk? Is he a dick to the social media team? Has to be. Has to be. There's no other way. There's no other reason why he would be featured on 10 of the graphics. 10 of them. But... I don't know. I think that's a little bit weird, if I'm being honest with you. I don't know. Maybe, like I said, maybe we're reading way too much into it. Maybe it means nothing. Maybe it holds no weight. But it just makes you think, why? Why has LeBron not been featured on one of the 43 loss tweets? The speculation was, uh, this guy said, the depressed Lakers sense that pointed it out, he said they're not putting LeBron in an, uh, in an L final score tweet. I wonder if he has it in his contract. Could you imagine if LeBron has that worked into his fucking contract? Yeah, here's your salary. Here's your per diem. Here's your, uh, you know, here's your incentive con. You know, here's your, uh, well, not even, yeah. Here's your, here's your incentives. Here's your bonus structure. Oh, and here's the part where, we won't feature you in a single loss graphic on social media. Or actually here, here's how it probably goes. LeBron sat down with the Lakers. If that's the case, if, if the, if his contract <laughs> has some sort of stipulation that says, do not put me in a fucking loss graphic. If his contract has that stipulation that he's not going to be in a loss graphic. I wonder how that conversation went. They're like, all right, if you average 30 a game, you get this much money. This is your annual contract. This is your per diem. This is your travel expenses. Um, This is your bonus structure if you win certain awards. And he's like, hold on. Hold on. All that is great. But y'all be you, you better not be putting me on graphics where they show the losing score. And they're like, what? Excuse me? Yeah, don't put my fucking face on a final score loss graphic. Don't do it. And they're probably like, okay. I mean, we could make that happen, but 
Never had a player request that before, but okay. Fucking weird, man. I mean, like, again, it. I've said this already three times. It doesn't matter. It literally just does not matter. But it's interesting more than anything. That's interesting. Besides the fact that he hasn't been on the graphics, like I said, the Lakers are in deep shit. So you could not put him on the graphics or not, but he's going to get berated nonstop when the Lakers don't make the playoffs. So it's either, like, put him on the graphics or don't, but he's going to get his fucking the debate between him and Michael Jordan and Groats and all this stuff and his reputation, his legacy, and these things that he seems to care about so much, they're all going to be tarnished when he doesn't make the playoffs for a team in Los Angeles. And he'll have one championship, which is debatable if it fucking even counts. I, I personally, I don't count anything in the year 2020 from a sports perspective, but... Maybe some people do. It is what it is. At least the NBA played, like, part of the season with fans. So, yeah. I don't know, man. Sucks for the Lakers fans. I'll, I'll be honest. It does suck uh, because they had a lot of promise coming into the season. I don't know what their preseason odds were to win the title, but I'm sure they were relatively high, assuming that Anthony Davis would have played any basketball this year. And Russell Westbrook wasn't just literally shooting shots off the side of the backboard. I mean, like, off the side of the fucking backboard. And LeBron has had a great year, right? Let's look at, it's actually, uh, let's look at his stats. Because I am curious. I am curious. I know he's had a great year this season. He's averaging 30 points. Eight. Just over eight rebounds and over six assists. Shooting 52%, 75% free throw. It's a good year, man. It's a really good year. I don't know. It's hard because you can't just dog him for the team, right? You can't just dog him because the Lakers aren't good. It's not his fault. Clearly, it's not his fault. But is it his fault? Maybe. Leadership? Demanding excellence from certain players? Right? I mean, the argument that the argument that's always going to be made against him is like the Michael Jordan thing, right? Michael Jordan played played for a long time on a team that was loaded with players or Kobe, right? It's it, here's a better example. Kobe Bryant documentary about Michael Jordan and the stories about Kobe Bryant. They both say that those guys were just ferocious in practice against their own teammates, demanding excellence. You know, some guys that rubbed the wrong way. It didn't work for a lot of guys, but at the end of the day, even the guys that didn't necessarily love being roasted in practice by <clears throat> Michael Jordan and Kobe, they were able to take a step back, even if it was all the way after their career, and be like, well, he was trying to get the best out of me. And if he wasn't, he's just a psychopath, but it worked, and it did get the best out of me. Um, I don't know if LeBron has that. Just to be honest, I don't know if he has that. 
Moving on. This tweet came from a guy named Polo Kerber, who said, hot take. I hate when sports fans say, we, in reference to their favorite team. You're not part of the organization, LOL. I mean, obviously a brutal take. Obviously a brutal take. Some of the uh, replies were were really good. Really, really good. Uh, let me see here. At Polo Kerber is his name. So if you want to find it yourself. Hot take. He got ratioed really, really hard on this. Really hard. He had uh, 1,500 retweets, 1,200 replies. I mean, that's uh, it's tough. This guy said, third-generation Red Sox fan. My family has spent tens of thousands at Fenway Park, dating back to my grandpa, great-uncle, when they were growing up in the 1920s. But let me go tell... Or, but sure, let me go tell my 103-year-old Uncle Lee not to say we about a team he supported for over a century because it doesn't, because it bothers you. For me, it's like, where do you draw the line? Because... When we watch the Olympics, we, when I say we, when we as Americans, as people who sit at home and watch sports, when we watch the Olympics, we refer to the Americans that are competing in the sports as we, right? How did we do in the swimming meet? How did we do against Russia in hockey? We, we beat Canada in soccer. We, right? Because we are Americans, as are the people that are playing in the game. Similarly, when you live in a city or you root for a team because of one reason or another, family passed down, geographic uh, location, and everything else, and you refer to them as we, it shouldn't be taken fucking literally. And that's why people like this are no fun because it's clear that Polo Kerber a has never played sports at any sort of relative competitive level in his entire fucking life. Because if he would, he would know that of course we're not saying we like we're on the fucking team. Right. My favorite team is the Padres, the San Diego Padres right here. I say we all the time. We need help offensively. We need another bullpen pitcher. Yes, we do. Because I am a San Diegan at heart. Being from there. 
These guys live in San Diego, so they are also San Diegans. Generally speaking, we refers to the geographic orientation of the person and the team that they're supposedly rooting for. And yes, you could say they, if you wanted to, you could easily say they need help. They need but why not just say we? You're a fan. You contribute to their team. You pay their... You contribute most of the time very significantly financially to a team. Especially if you are... If you are a season ticket holder of a team and you're paying like literally tens of thousands of dollars to be at the game every single day, or if you're a football player, you know, eight eight NFL home games or nine or 81 baseball home games or 40 some odd hockey home games or basketball home games. You as a fan in that stadium contribute almost as much as half the fucking dudes on the bench. Cause those guys that don't play, they just sit there and they just cheer the guys on the field, but they're on the team. I mean, you're doing just as much. In fact, you might even be doing more because you're actually paying financially to be there as opposed to the guys on the bench that are getting paid to be there. So yeah, it is fucking we. Polo Kerber, it is we. And then he throws in the little LOL at the end. You're not a part of the organization. LOL. Like, dude, no shit. My God. Of course we're not. But there's been a dozen examples that I could think of off the top of my head. Freddie Freeman last year in the World Series parade for the Atlanta Braves referred to the fans as we. We in Braves Nation or whatever he said. Braves country. We in Braves country. So if they say we, can we say we? Polo Kerber, can we say it? If the athletes say it, okay, then it's good for us to say it. But don't worry, Polo Kerber says it's not okay. Or not, it's not that it's not okay. He just doesn't like it. Okay, Polo. Well, we are going to continue to say it because we root for the teams. And what he doesn't understand is when we say, when, when we say we about a sports team, we're not just talking about the players and the team. We're talking about all the fans that are involved as well because it's a community feeling. It's a, it's a feeling of belonging and, and it's a feeling of companionship and all having one common uh, interest towards a goal or towards a specific outcome of a one group of people. And so at the end of the day, that's why people say we more than anything, I think. Not because they think they're on the fucking team. It's about the companionship and the sense of community within the fan base. We, for the most part. I don't say we about other teams. I say we about the team that I root for with my heart. So that's where I stand on that. I think it's fucking bullshit that people are just such negative Nancys. I mean, like, my God, dude, who gives a fuck? I don't care that you hate it. I mean, he's put hot take, right, in his opinion. But it's just such a bad, it's a bad take. It's a terrible take, man. Also... Who gives a fuck? Let people live, dude. Seriously, let people live. Who fucking cares? I hate when sports fans say we in reference to their favorite team. Okay, 
I hate that you fucking exist as a person, but you do, Polo. So here we are. Fucking idiot. Whatever. Bad take from Polo there, but it is what it is. And that pretty much wraps up the sporting segments for the most part. There wasn't anything going on in the NFL. There hasn't been much going on in the world of baseball. The NBA season is winding down. Uh, As far as March Madness goes, the final four has been officially set. I don't know. Not like super thrilled about it. I think for those of you listening, and you probably know this already, but the final four teams are two seed Villanova and they're playing number one seed Kansas. And the other side, it is eight seed University of North Carolina versus two seed Duke. That is going to be a good game on Saturday night. Uh, we'll cover it probably more so on Thursday, but Duke UNC, huge rivalry. They've played each other like 256 times or something, and they've never played in the tournament. Not only are they playing in the tournament, but it's Coach K's last season, and it's in the Final Four. I mean, holy shit, how much more weight could be put on that game, for fuck's sake? I mean, that's unbelievable. So it'll be exciting. I mean, I'm excited for it, but St. Peter's 15C got knocked out. Um, I don't know. I just feel like Villanova is kind of a – it's just kind of like a – they're really good, and so is Kansas. But those two teams by themselves are just like, oh, well, I, I mean, here's Kansas. Like, they're good again. Okay, here's Villanova. Like, okay, they're good again. Right? I mean – I don't know. They've both won it at some point or another. So it's like, I, I don't know. I kind of wanted like Gonzaga to get it. I know Gonzaga's like was on paper, like the odds on favor to win the whole thing, but like they hadn't actually won a championship ever. So it'd have been cool to see them make a deep run or just like, I don't know, just not a team that's and historically like these are four teams in the final four that are historically legendary basketball schools. And it would have been cool I think, to see a team that didn't find themselves on that list. Whether it is Miami or Houston or, um, fuck, I don't know. I was going to say UCLA, but they're historically great. I mean, yeah, Houston, um, I know Gonzaga's been good, but they've never won a championship. So it'd have been cool to see Gonzaga. It'd have been cool to see uh, a Miami. It'd been cool to see uh Purdue I don't know just like not fucking ones and twos I don't know and it's ones and twos and then yes UNC's an eight seed but UNC should not have been a fucking eight seed they are unbelievable like that was such a bad seed for them uh just like they were they were seated way too low I mean they should have been a three or four I mean the record indicated they were an eight I get it but they should have been three or four I think so I mean, that'll be fun. Saturday will be fun between those two teams, between Duke and UNC. Kansas and Villanova should be a pretty good game, too. Um, We'll give our picks out on Thursday for who we'll take in for those games. But either way, that's going to wrap up the sports talk for the most part. Like I said, everything else is kind of in a lull. Um, Interesting that we were able to talk about some lifestyle stuff with Will Smith because I think that smack was literally unbelievable. And last episode, we forgot to lay it out, but we will leave you with this. Another edition of 
Would you rather? Would you rather be able to throw a football anywhere on target with any velocity over 10 yards? So if you're throwing a ball 30 yards down the field and there's a target that's the size of a post-it note, you could hit it with the football. Lob throw, bullet pass, anything. Obviously within human fucking capabilities. Like you can't throw a ball 150 yards. But within human capabilities, you could throw a football on target with any type of velocity within human capabilities between 10 yards and let's just say 60 yards, 55 yards. Or would you rather be able to run a 4.10 second 40-yard dash and be probably the fastest player in the history of the NFL? Which one? Be able to throw a football anywhere you wanted over 10 yards or run a 4.1 40-yard dash? I don't know. I feel like there's benefits to both. I feel like if you could throw a football anywhere you wanted, that's great, but what if you're not very big? What if your receivers suck? What if your offensive line is garbage? Whereas if you're fast, you can just fucking run by everybody, like Tyreek Hill. But on the flip side, you can run fast. That's great, but can you catch? Can you jump? Can you cut? Whereas in a football, you could... You could take a snap, shotgun snap, and get rid of a ball in two seconds and just march down the field. March, 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 march. Put up video game numbers. Maybe you'd win a lot and be a Hall of Fame quarterback in the NFL. I don't know. I don't make the rules. That's why we ask the questions, because we want you guys to give us the answers. So with that, we will leave you guys to ponder that question. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Be sure to check us out on social media, at PhenomFan, pretty much everywhere. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, search Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Same thing with Spotify, same thing with Apple Music. I'm sure if you're already listening, then you know that. But for those of you hearing for the first time or hearing highlights or anything like that, Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Also, if you're going to go to any sporting games this year or any concerts or any festivals, Anything that requires you purchasing an actual ticket. If you haven't already, just download SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticketing app uh, that allows you to buy tickets to any event. And when you're buying the tickets, they score them on the app with a score of 0 through 10. 10 being great, 0 being bad. They can sort tickets based on the proximity to the field. They can search them based on the best deal, based on strictly price tons of different filters and it's it's the best place to find all of it and then even better news is that when you download SeatGeek, you can use our code which is phenom fan like phenomenal fan but phenom fan and you'll get 20 dollars off your first order so you can't miss out on that it's a great deal we appreciate you guys listening go check out SeatGeek. check us out on spotify apple podcasts all the other social media accounts ponder on that would you rather we'll be back next week actually probably next episode but if not next episode next week with a nice would you rather 
We love you guys. We appreciate the support. Catch you later.